morning, Crossroads. I am really, really glad that you are here today and that we're able to wrap up this series, The Big Picture, together. Who's excited to be here today? This has been a great start to a great day, and I feel it's appropriate right now just to welcome everybody who's not in this room, all of our people in St. Pete, Mishawaka, everybody in Nashville and joining online uh, because of the weather here today. There's probably a few more joining online. Let's just be honest. You guys here are the road warriors. You really did it because there's ice everywhere here today, and that's uh, just great. It's a reminder that we live in the frozen tundra. God is good all the time, even today. Okay. Uh, but the bottom line is, man, we're here today and we've gathered together just to celebrate who God is and honestly just to lean into the hope that we have in him. Because at the end of the day, what we have as followers of Christ, when we put our trust in Jesus, when we choose to put our trust in his word for our lives, you guys, we have hope. And hope changes everything. And I want to encourage you to lean into this concept because this is where we're going to end today. Hope in my future is me trusting in God's promises for my life. It's me saying, I will follow Jesus. I will follow his word for me. And I will look forward with great expectation and great anticipation of what my future looks like because of who he is and what he has done for me. And I just want you to think about hope today in those terms, because as we walk through this series, we're realizing the big picture of God's word for us, his story that we see captured in the Bible, it really is based on four different breaking points. It starts with creation, and that's the reality that everything that we experience was created. It was spoken into being by the almighty God, the almighty, all-powerful, all-loving God who is good. He is the one who created us, and get this, we were created in his image. You are his prized possession. You are dearly and you are deeply loved by God. And, and when that is where your story begins, if you put your trust in the creator God, know this, that changes everything because it points toward this hope that we have. Your life is not meaningless. Your life is not an accident. No, you were created in the image of God. You have purpose. Your life has meaning. You have a future. And that future is Jesus. Jesus changes everything. Now, in creation, we see the goodness of God. In the fall, we see the brokenness and, and the fallout of what sin does because it has broken our relationship with God. It has broken creation itself. And it has is, is, is cursed us in a way that we can't do anything on our own to, to break that curse. And that's why the idea of redemption then is so important. Jesus came to fix what was broken, to bring forgiveness, to bring freedom, and to point us to this beautiful hope of restoration, which is what we're talking about today. But I can't move on to that without just giving a huge shout out to Pastor Doug Boquist because he brought the heat last week. I thought it was fantastic what he did. And if you didn't know Pastor Doug before, now you should get excited about getting to know him because you know he's the real deal. We're blessed to have Doug. Oh, by the way, he's been pastoring at a church of 1,500 in Lyme, Ohio for the last 10 years. We are blessed to have Doug on our team. And Doug loves God and he loves people. And I'm just excited to have him on our team and what our future looks like with him on board. So you know what? One more round of applause. Let's give it up for Doug because he did a great job. And we're so blessed to have him on our team here at Crossroads. But I do want to say this, as we lean in today to this idea of restoration, 
there really is this hope that, that God himself will make all things new. He will restore what we are and what has been broken to what it originally was. Remember when God created everything, it says in Genesis 1 and 2 that he stepped back and he saw that everything was good. In fact, in Genesis 2, after he created mankind, after he created us, he looked back and said, oh, hey, that's very good, all right? And that, that's awesome. Like, that's you and me, like, right on. We got this going on. That's us. And all of that was broken in the fall. Everything changed. Death entered into the world. Suffering entered the world. Pain entered into the world because we chose to do life on our own terms. God gave us free will, and that's fantastic, but we chose to do things our own way. And all of us are guilty of that. We can't just blame Adam and Eve for taking the fruit and eating it and ruining everything. No, we've all eaten from the fruit. And we all, every single one of us, deal with the repercussions and the consequences and the fallout of that every day of our lives. And the beauty of being redeemed is that we are forgiven and we are set free. I don't have to live that way anymore. I can be like Jesus. I don't have to have my life consumed by all of the things that I try to fill in my life where Jesus is supposed to be. I fill it with all the wrong things. I don't have to be consumed by those things anymore. God gives me through the power of Jesus the victory over those things in my life. I don't have to be a slave to those things in my life any longer. That's amazing. That's the amazing thing about redemption. But Jesus himself takes it even one step further. Because he's got a plan for us that is eternal, and it is about restoration. It's about, hey, I've redeemed you. I've paid the price that you couldn't pay to restore that broken relationship. But there is hope for you. There is a future. And it's going to go back to the way it was. Everything is going to be good again. And God himself will restore us. He will make all things new. And I want you to be able to leave today looking forward to the hope of our eternal destiny with God. I think a lot of times when we talk about heaven, we, we don't really know what to picture because I think the devil who is a liar tries to make us think that heaven is just some boring place like, oh yeah, the harp section's over there. This is terrible. It's eternity in the harp section. Who wants to be here? <sighs> no, heaven is amazing. The, the picture that we see of heaven is a place where you will know everyone who is there and you will be known. What I love about that is like you'll be able to sit down with all the heroes of the Bible. Like you'll get to sit down like, hey, Moses, what was that like when you parted the Red Sea? It'd be like, Tim, let me tell you what that was like. I'm like, oh, Moses, we're friends. Like it's amazing. It's amazing, right? Like we will know people and we will be known. We get this, this idea, like as ridiculous as it sounds, I think the older I get, the more I appreciate it. We will be given new bodies. Like it's amazing. Like picture like the perfect body that you want to have. You will have it. And the more ice cream you eat in heaven, the more ripped you'll be. It's going to be an amazing place. I can't wait. You wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, I feel fat. One push up. Boom. It's amazing. I can't wait for that. All the aches and the pains, you don't have to deal with that anymore. Man, it's, it's, it's new. You're, you're going to be in the presence of God himself. You're going to see Jesus face to face. Like, how amazing is that? Like, that's not boring. Like, in that world, yeah, bring on the harp. I'm an amazing harpist. I, I can do anything. It's heaven. It's amazing. It says, uh, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has in store for those who put their trust in him. Guys, that's our future. 
And I want you to leave today with a hope and, and an anticipation of what your eternal destiny looks like. And I want to encourage you that, man, the time that we have been given on this planet, we can invest in things that impact our eternity. And there's a few things here on planet Earth that we can do that we can't do in heaven. And actually, I'm going to limit that thing really to just one thing, actually. There's one thing that we can do right now on planet Earth that we can't do in heaven, and that is this. We can point others to the hope that we have in Jesus. And I want to remind you today that every single one of us in the circle of influence that, that you have, we are surrounded by people who are desperate for this hope that we have in Jesus. They're desperate for it. Because he came to change lives. He came to seek and to save those who were lost. And we've got to take advantage of every single opportunity that we have to connect people with God, to point others toward him. At Crossroads, our mission is we connect people with God. We're doing everything we can to introduce them to the hope of Jesus. Right now, we've been going through this series of just being all in, a season in the life of our church. And that's based on Luke 5, 31 and 32, where Jesus is being called out by the Pharisees, the religious leaders. They're asking him, hey, why are you eating with the tax collectors? Why are you eating with the sinners? Why are you always at parties instead of being at church like the other disciples? And Jesus is going, listen... Hey, who needs a doctor, the healthy or the sick? I've come to invite the outsiders, not the insiders. He says, I've given them an invitation to a changed life, changed inside and out. That change is based on the hope that we have in him. And you guys, there are people desperate for that hope. Uh, can I just do like just a total promo moment right now? Uh, you guys have the opportunity on your way out to get tickets today to our Super Sunday event. That's two weeks from today, I believe. February 12th. Yes, two weeks from today. February 12th is Super Sunday. We're going to give everybody tickets, and it's not because you need a ticket to get in. That's not how it is. Although, I'll give you these, this pair of tickets for $500. Anybody? Yeah, anybody? Um, hey, so... These tickets, the intended purpose is, hey, you give this to your friends, say, hey, you need to come out because Super Sunday is going to be amazing. There's the pre-show, there's tailgating outside, there's a photo booth. You guys, rumor has it, we're even having a halftime show. I'm just throwing that out there, brace yourself. It's going to be Crossroads style. You are not going to want to miss that. Uh, why do we do this stuff? Well, it's a hook. It's an opportunity for us to get together as a family and we're going to have a great time. But it's an opportunity to invite someone to a changed life. That's why we do what we do. Because there are people surrounding every single one of us who are desperate for the hope that we have in Jesus. I would like you to think today, who in your life is desperate for the hope that we have in Jesus? And invite them to join us on Super Sunday. Because on top of that, we've got some amazing announcements that you are not going to want to miss. Just brace yourself. It is truly going to be a Super Sunday. I think there's a football game that day too. This is crazy. Um, but here's the thing. The hope that we have in Jesus, it all points to this idea of restoration. And it is the hope of all things being made new. No longer do we have to live in this place where we are experiencing all of the fallout and the pain that comes from being in a broken world that's been ravaged by sin. We have this amazing hope. And we've started this series in Genesis. We're going to end it in Revelation. And, and here's why. Because you see a picture of what it is that we have to look forward to. Just follow along with this passage of Scripture, Revelation 21. This is the revelation that God gives to John. He says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. 
For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Isn't that an amazing word picture? Like think about the, the most like just sacred and beautiful moments in your life. And a lot of times those beautiful moments are weddings, right? And, and why is that? Well, because weddings are like the, the highlight moment of so many people's wives and, uh, lives. And make no mistake, that day, guys, it's not about you, all right? It is about the bride. All right. It's about, it didn't say, I saw heaven descend like a beautiful groom. It did not say that. It, it saw heaven descend like a beautiful bride. And why is that? Because it's all about the bride. Think about it. The bride spends hundreds or thousands of dollars to make sure she is the most beautiful person in that room, right? The groom, he's dressed in the same tux as everybody else on that stage. He just fits right in. Like, which one is it? One on the end? Okay. The bride, she walks in, perfect makeup, the white dress, all eyes on her. Those bridesmaids are dressed in some frumpy outfit with a poofy sleeve. Like, we will not have them looking better than the bride today. No, this is the bride's day. You all know what I'm talking about. All you ladies that have been married are like, yep, made sure they look terrible on that day and I look great. That's the picture, right? Like, that's a beautiful moment. The door's open. The bride comes walking down the aisle. I have the chance when I officiate weddings. It's an amazing moment. Stand there with the groom. And I always, like, try to say, hey, remember this moment. Like, just stop. Clear the mechanism. All the nervousness, everything that's going on. When that door opens and you see your bride, never forget that moment. That moment of preparation. Your bride is coming. You are about to get married. She's walking down that aisle. And this is a beautiful, beautiful moment. And that's the moment that John says, this is what it was like. What God had created for us was coming down out of heaven like a bride prepared for the group. This is a beautiful, beautiful moment. It says in verse 3, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. How incredible is that? No more fallout of sin. I don't have to deal with the pain and the suffering anymore. God himself, what an amazing picture that is, wipes away your tear. Those things are gone forever. Man, that's the hope that we have that's what we're looking forward to. Man, those old sayings, this world is not my home, I'm just passing through. That's what I'm looking forward to. I get to be in the presence of God himself. Everything is made new. It says in verse 5, and the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. This is the goal that we've been working toward. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. What an incredible picture that is. That is what heaven is going to be like. We are going to be united with him. 
all of the fallout of sin and the brokenness of this world will be restored to its original place. And I think what we struggle with on this journey is that we always have the battle, right? There's always the tension because the devil is always on the prowl. He's looking out for who he can devour. The devil is the liar. He's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And while Jesus says, I've come that you might have life, we're constantly facing this struggle. We're always being attacked. We're always being tempted to fill this, this spot in our heart that was intended for Jesus to be, for us to have relationship with him. While we're living on this planet, we're always gonna deal with the struggle of trying to fill that with something else because that's the lie of the devil right did God really say chase after him love him with all your heart soul mind and strength love your neighbor as yourself did God really say those things I think this way is better that's the struggle that we're always going to face and the beautiful thing about the power of Jesus and his Holy Spirit is I don't have to live that way I can walk in victory there's no situation that I face that I have to give into that temptation and yet we always battle And I'm not going to have to battle that anymore. When I walk across that finish line, I enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's gone. And you think about the suffering and the shame and the fallout of sin. And what, what you see about heaven that is beautiful is that life itself, like true life, life that Jesus has created us for, it will be restored. And I hope that you'll let that sink in. Like the separation that we experience of sin in our life, that when I make a choice to do something outside of what God has asked me to do, and the way that that separates me, that's going to be restored. It's gone. There's no barrier at all. I can see Jesus face to face. I can be with him. The the shame of sin that that we carry around with us, no matter how hard we try, we get drawn back into it. That fight, that battle is done. It's restored. I don't have to walk that way. It's over. The suffering of sin, the fallout of the choices that I make when I try to do life on my own terms, it's completely restored. And if we can just be honest today, man, the worst part about this life that, that we find ourselves in is that we're constantly dealing with the fallout of those things. And that's why I think I, I look forward to the anticipation of, of what that future looks like because I don't have to deal with that fallout anymore. I, I man, so many people who've, who've been just taken hostage by their addictions and deal with the fallout of that. So many people who fall into the trap of, of identifying their, their lives instead of being made in the image of God and, and looking at life as I am his prized possession, I am his child, I've been made in his image, I am loved with an extravagant love. When we forget that, we try to chase our identity in all sorts of other things, whether it's our sexuality or our chase of possessions and money and power and prestige and, and having everybody look at me. We try to find our identity anywhere else but as a child of God. And that never ends the way we want it to. It's a road that always takes us farther than we want to go. And it's a road that never completely satisfies because Jesus is the one who's missing. I've got to start with Jesus. And that's why people around us are so desperate for hope because they've been trying to fill that void in their life with everything but Jesus. And it never satisfies. You guys, we have that hope. If you have put your trust in Jesus, you have this hope for an amazing future, that, that promise of restoration. I get to be with God for eternity. And I hope that you'll start thinking in those terms of what you have to look forward to because it is good. 
I think a lot of times we look backwards instead of forward, and it, it creates a tension that I don't think we're created to live in. We, we are supposed to be looking forward with anticipation to this reality that God has in store for us, that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, that no mind can even conceive of. No one can even imagine how good this is. I think a lot of times we get stuck in the past. I, uh, <laughs> I'll just be honest with you. Uh, this last week, some of you are going, have commented, Tim, you're tan. What's going on? Did you go to tanning bed this week? No, I did not. I took a vacation. I went down south. I actually went on a cruise this last week. Yeah, look out, look out. Oh, Tim, Tim going on a cruise. <laughs> And I went on a cruise with a bunch of friends who are also pastors like me. You talk about a wild party. <laughs> you go on a cruise with a bunch of pastors. Uh, something that I realized this week, which is very amusing. Uh, we, I'm not going to say the name because I don't want to endorse anything, but it was Holland America. So we went on this trip, <laughs> cruise line, Holland America. And what I realized like immediately was that when you go on a cruise, and it's not like Christmas or spring break, uh, or the summer, I'll give you the summer too, the average age of the person on that cruise ship is significantly higher. <laughs> significantly higher. Like, we're talking high 70s, low 80s. It looked like a powered scooter convention. There was a lot of stuff going on there. By the end of the week, there were gangs of people. Like, we're in the red scooters, we're in the blue scooters. <laughs> Don't get in front of them, especially at the buffet. They will run you over. Just, I'm telling you. And, uh, <laughs> which is great for people like us. Like, I felt like a teenager. I'm like, woo, I'm young. And, uh, it's great for us because they all hit the dinner at four o'clock and they're in bed at seven. It's like we have the whole cruise ship to ourselves. Like, yeah, rent it all out. It's just us. That's so dumb. Uh, there was a really cool moment, though. I, I, if I'm being honest, I got really sentimental. Uh, there was a moment uh, we walked by. There was this lounge where there was the live band playing music. And it was kind of like this late 70s, early 80s, just kind of rock. And they were mixing it up. They were jamming. And they were playing the slow songs. And everybody's just sitting there. <laughs> because they're all, they're all on their scooters. They're all 75 and 80. They're just sitting there. And, uh, you know, we're jamming, we're in the back, kind of, woo, this is good. And all of a sudden, the band, they changed it up, and they played a song I'd never heard before. It was just kind of a slow song. And they said, if you remember this one, get up on the dance floor and dance together. And they started playing this song. And honestly, like, there was, like, as much, <laughs> as much of a mad rush as there could be. <laughs> There was a mad rush to the dance floor as they played the song I'd never heard before. And I could instantly see all of these couples, you know, in their 70s, 80s, uh, they're out there dancing or just, you know, not falling down, maybe just moving with the boat. And, uh, and you could see in their eyes, this song like took them back to like the moment that they met. This was a, a beautiful moment. It, it was truly like romantic. It made me really sentimental. And I'm going, ah, oh. I said, Dana, all these people, it's like they've been taken back 50 years. Like right now, they're all 20 years old again and they're experiencing this beautiful moment. I thought, man, that, that is awesome. Um, but what's great about that is that you guys, we don't have to, we don't have to look back 
at moments like that and go, oh man, remember when? Now that, those were the days. You guys, when we put our trust in Jesus, when we're invested in this hope, our best days are in front of us. Yes. Guys, we have so much to look forward to. And, and I don't want you to leave today without truly leaning in to, to who God is, to what he is preparing for you, to how much he loves you. And I, wanna, I want you to leave today, lean into this hope of what is to come. Because that is the end of God's story. That is what we are looking forward to. Everything is restored. And, and the last chapter of the Bible, it goes on to say, Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. No longer will there be a curse upon anything. That's the main takeaway from this passage right there. No longer will there be a curse upon anything. That curse is broken. Everything has been made new. We are restored to that original creation where God stepped back and said, this is good. This is how I intended it to be. For the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there and his servants will worship him and they will see his face and his name will be written on their foreheads. I don't know what that means. I don't know if there's like a tattoo parlor in heaven like Jesus. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I just know that this is an amazing picture of our future. And there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will shine on them. You are basking in the presence of God, and they will reign forever and ever. Then the angel said to me, everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. The Lord God who inspires his prophets has sent his angel to tell his servants what will happen soon. I mean, what we see here is creation itself, as God created it, is restored. Everything is good. There is no more suffering. There is no more pain. The curse is broken. And you guys, can we be real? Like, we, we deal with the fallout of sin in this broken world. We deal with the repercussions and the consequences of the choices we make. We can experience forgiveness. We can be set free. And we can look forward to the hope that we have with Jesus. But we also, in this broken world, deal with the fallout of sin in a way that we experience pain and we experience suffering. And, and can I just offer an encouraging word to you today? If you're going through a valley, if you're walking through a storm and, and you're feeling overwhelmed, man, God is still with you in this storm. He loves you with an extravagant love. Do not forget that you have been created in the image of God. You are his prized possession and that you have a hope and you have a future. And don't, don't forget that. He is with you. He fights for you. He goes before you. And just because we experience the difficult moments in life, and we all experience them, we all experience the grief and, and the loss that comes from dealing with sickness and in pain and loss of loved ones, we, we've all experienced it. Jesus is saying, hey, I'm not okay with that being how things are for the rest of eternity. No, 
I am going to restore this so we don't have to experience this any longer. What an incredible hope for our future that is. Man, as it comes to a conclusion in the book of Revelation, as, as the story of God comes to a close, it ends with these verses saying, He who is the faithful witness to all these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Jesus is going to return. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. May you come back quickly. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's holy people. And that grace of Jesus for us allows not only life to be restored, creation to be restored, but it is hope itself restored. It is the hope that we have been longing for realized. Because when I put my hope in God, I am putting my trust in his promises for my life, both for today, for tomorrow, and for eternity. And when I cross that line, when I take my last breath on planet Earth, and I finally stand in the presence of God, and and he welcomes me into this glorious new creation because I've put my trust in Jesus, everything will be made new. My hope will be realized. I don't have to hope any longer because it will have come to pass. Because right now when I hope, I am putting my trust in Jesus. And I hope and pray today that you have put your trust in Jesus because it is Jesus that changes everything. When I have hope restored and, and realize that in my life and what that looks like is not only do I put my trust in Jesus, but I follow his word. And that's why this, this year at Crossroads, we're focusing on reading through the Bible, the 365 challenge. It's already been so fun to see people's comments and responses, like what they're learning, even diving through Genesis and Exodus. There's some crazy stuff in there. And some of you are going, there's some crazy stuff in here. Yeah, there's crazy stuff in there. I'll say that again. And yet... Man, you can learn so much about who God is and how he is faithful and how we can grow in times of difficulty. We learn who God is. We let him speak to us when we follow his word. And that means that when God speaks, I obey. That's what following means. That means when God says, hey, there's something in your life that you need to surrender. You need to give that up. That means I follow Jesus. I trust him and I obey him. And when I'm walking step in step with Jesus, man, that allows me to look toward my future and live with hope. Hope that God has something unimaginably great for me. And that that hope comes from putting my trust in Jesus. And I want you to think about this today. We have this incredible mercy and grace that has been given us. We, we bask in this love that God has for us. And it's a love that changes everything because it gives us hope. And I want you to walk in that hope today. But I also want you to think about this today. Who is it in your life that's desperate for what we've been talking about? Because if you've said yes to Jesus, then your reality is I'm, I'm looking forward to this amazing future that God has for me. But if you've got people in your life that have not said yes to Jesus, they're, they're desperate for this hope, who is it that's desperate for that invitation? That invitation to a changed life. Guys, let's take advantage of the opportunities we have on planet Earth to, to live into the mission that God himself has given us. Let's connect as many people as we can to the hope of Jesus and, and let him change their life. Let them experience the hope that we have in Jesus. And before we come to a close today, I want to give everyone a chance who's here to put their trust in Jesus. Because I don't want anyone here today to leave without the opportunity to say yes to Jesus and to experience the hope that changes everything. So if you're here today and you're thinking, I've never actually put my trust in Jesus and 
this future that we've been talking about, that, that's the one I want for me. I invite you in this moment to join us all in this prayer. And would you just say yes to Jesus? Because it says in Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be forgiven. You will be set free. You have hope in a future. I want us all to experience that. So together can we say this prayer? Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the savior of the world, that you gave your life to forgive my sins, and that God raised you from the grave so that I could have eternal life. Thank you for loving me. I am saying yes to you, Jesus. Come into my life. I will follow you. Amen. Uh, you guys, we have an incredible hope and an incredible future. And I hope that you'll continue to put your trust in Jesus and follow him and to look forward with great anticipation to who he is and what he is preparing for us. But in the meantime, as we journey through life in this broken world, can we just be honest? Sometimes, sometimes it's difficult to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Sometimes it's difficult to stay focused on this hope that we have in him. Because sometimes it feels like we're being attacked on all sides, whether we're dealing with the consequences of choices we've made or we're trying to walk through a difficult moment in life where we're just feeling the effects of this brokenness and the curse of sin and we're dealing with suffering and we're dealing with pain and we struggle. I'd ask today that we leave today with all of us focused on who God is, the incredible love that he has for us and the hope that we have in him, the hope that comes from me trusting in his promises, following his word, and, and looking forward to my future. Because when we walk in life and walk through life with that perspective, I contend with you today, that keeps us exactly where God wants us to be. And so I want to offer this response today as we close singing this last song, which is a great song, that speaking the name of Jesus over every area of our lives giving it all to him because it's all his anyway. I want to invite you as we close singing this song that if you just need to refocus, if you need to just trust Jesus with something that you're dealing with, whether it's a, a broken or hurting relationship, a difficult situation that you've been walking through, and you've just been struggling to keep Jesus first and to surrender some things that he's been asking you to lay down at his feet, whatever that looks like to you today, if you're just renewing your hope in Jesus today and saying, God, I'm going to trust you with what I'm going through. God, even though it's difficult right now, I'm, I'm still going to follow your word. And God, I'm going to leave today looking forward with anticipation to my future because I have hope in your promises for my life. If that's the way you want to leave today and you want to lay everything that you've been holding on to at his feet, I'm going to invite you as we sing this song to just come forward and be anointed. We have some staff pastors. I'm going to come down here and we're just going to anoint you. We're just going to put the sign of the cross on your forehead uh, with these vials of oil. And there's nothing magical about this moment. There's nothing, you know, crazy or mystical or special about the oil itself. But what it is, is it's a sacred moment. The sacred moment between you and God where when you are anointed, you are surrendering what it is that you've been holding on to him and you're saying, Jesus, I'm yours. I'm putting my trust in you. And so it's my prayer that many of us, they would experience a beautiful and sacred moment as we just reaffirm our hope in Jesus and lay these things that we've been holding on to at his feet. Would you stand with me as we prepare to sing together and let me close in a word of prayer, just praying a prayer of blessing over you today. Jesus, I just want to thank you for the plan 
that you have laid out for us. As we walk through this idea of the big picture and what your story looks like as it relates to us, we realize that from the beginning of time, you were focusing on our future. You have never once given up on us. And God, I just ask that you give us the tenacity and the strength and the focus to just continue to put our trust in you, to follow you, and to never lose sight of the future that you are preparing for us. God, you love us with an extravagant love. Help us to love others with that same love. You've given us an unbelievable hope. God, help us to live with eyes wide open, recognizing who in our lives are desperate for that hope. And God, may we live out this mission that you've given us to invite as many outsiders as we can to experience changed life through you because God, you change everything. The hope that we have in you, there's nothing that compares to it. And so God, we put our trust in you. We choose to follow your word. We leave today looking forward with great anticipation to the future that you have in store for us. We love you and we praise you. Amen.